Naughty or nice, CVS, because this is where the money is. Hi folks, healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here with our healthcare contributor Todd Campbell in from New Hampshire. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, doing well. All right, fantastic. So, so uh, ev every year Consumer Reports puts out a, a naughty or nice list. Uh, and, uh, well, we had a healthcare company on it, which isn't always the case, so it's kind of fun when we get to see one. CVS, perhaps not surprisingly, on the nice list. Uh, the naughty list usually includes, uh, well, you know, folks that maybe, companies that maybe folks don't like so much. So CVS has kind of been on a, a halo effect lately. Um, and of course, the big news with CVS is th this smoking cessation, you know, where they basically cut out tobacco. Todd, your quick take. Yeah, yeah. This was a big decision by them, and and it was a risk. I mean, they do about two billion a year in sales from tobacco products. Mm -hmm. So, you know, removing tobacco products from the front of the store, I mean, that's got a lot of investors wondering, hey, what the heck are you doing? I mean, how are you going to make up for those sales? Well, and, um, and 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 particularly, you know, when you when you consider that, you know, that two billion in tobacco sales. I mean, if someone is you know, someone's not just buying a pack of cigarettes at a pharmacy, right? They're buying a pack of cigarettes, a, a People magazine, you know, a stick of gum, and, I don't know, a candy bar, right? So it's not just this two billion. It's also that sort of broader basket size is becoming a problem, too. Right, and the big question was whether or not people would decide, hey, if I can't get my smokes at CVS, I'll just switch over to, you know, Walgreens, and I'll get my prescription filled there. Yeah. Um, and that way I can do my one-stop shopping. Yeah. Um, that's not really, I don't think that's panning out. That will pan out the way that some people may worry. Um, but this really just stemmed from the fact that, you know, a study was done, CVS did the study, and they found that, you know, 6% of people who are getting prescriptions filled for smoking-related disease were also buying cigarettes at the same time they were filling the prescription. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was obviously a disconnect there. Yeah. And, you know, this gives them a lot of opportunities. They've got some tremendous chances here to solidify a very, very big part of their business. And that is the pharmacy benefit management, the PBM business that they have. And, and I know you're a big fan of this, this business. It's an, it's an intriguing business. Yeah, well, it, and it's interesting because, you know, so the, the reason that CVS gave behind this whole thing was... Uh, sort of initially was this sort of halo effect. And there has been a halo effect. I mean, no doubt, first off, you know, Consumer Reports puts them on the nice list. That, that is a nice thing to get. Um, but also, uh, there were a number of state attorneys general who reached out to, uh, uh, I think it was Kroger, Walmart, uh, Walgreen, and Rite Aid and said, hey, listen, you have big pharmacy businesses. Why are you still selling cigarettes? Um, you know, it does not make sense that you're telling people about health and then something that smoking, you know, which is not very good for people. Um, but... Uh, and, and so the idea was that sort of maybe some of that halo effect would also have a benefit sort of for the PBM when they are uh, competing. But, you know, let's, let's talk first, you know, PBMs are a pretty, a pretty small, well, an important slice, but uh, let's say a, a pretty esoteric slice of healthcare. So let's first talk about what PBMs are and, yeah. and sort of how they make their money. Yeah, I mean, think of it this way. They're the ones out there who are making sure that the the health insurance companies and the employer-sponsored health care plans aren't paying a lot for their drugs mm -hmm. and aren't paying a lot to fulfill 
or get those drugs to their members. So they're the ones who are on the front lines, if you will, of negotiating the prices with the drug makers, um, working with patients to make sure that they're taking their medicine as it's prescribed, um, those type of things. So yeah, you're right. I mean, CVS said that they were approached by you know some of their PBM clients who asked them, hey, wouldn't it be great if you didn't sell cigarettes so that my costs don't continue to climb and having to treat these smoking-related diseases? You know, every year the Surgeon General does a big report on smoking, mm -hmm. and in you know the most recent report, they found that the cost of treating smoking-related disease was around 150 billion dollars a year, and that about 20 million people have died since 1964 prematurely because of smoking-related diseases. So this is no small money play by CVS. They're making a big bet that if they eliminate tobacco from their stores, their PBM clients are going to applaud and stick with them. And just to put this in a little bit more perspective for folks, you know, whenever we think of CVS as shoppers or investors, we're thinking of the pharmacy stores. We're thinking of, oh, well, I can go in, I can get my prescription filled, and I can pick up People Magazine, like you said, and some health and beauty items. Um, but that only amounts to about a quarter of the business or revenue that the company generates. That PBM business is a $76 billion business. Yeah, uh, and so and it's a lower margin business, as you can imagine, because if, if it's your job to cut people's costs, you are always in a race to the bottom with the other big PBMs. And the other big PBMs, by the way, uh, Catamaran, uh, which is the number four. You've got Optum Health, which is uh, a part of United Health Group, uh, which is the number, I think, the number three. You've got Caremark, the CVS PBM, number two. And the number one is Express Scripts. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's interesting, you know, this halo effect, they haven't been able to point to anything specific that they've won because of the smoking cessation, but they've said, well, it's really helped a lot of the conversations. It's been kind of a softer benefit. But the other thing, and, and this is something that I found really interesting, is that actually CVS is setting this up to benefit the retail side as well, which, you know, you, you hear that uh, CVS uh, is taking a hit because a lot of folks aren't going to, you know, be buying their cigarettes and then whatever else at CVS. How could this actually benefit the retail side? And the answer, I think, is really intriguing. Yeah, I mean, they're looking at establishing plans that people could go into, uh, meaning like employers or insurance um, insurers, where they would penalize patients for shopping at or getting the prescriptions filled at stores that also smell, sell uh, tobacco products. And I think it's like a $15 penalty if you end up shopping at a store like, for example, Rite Aid or Walgreens that still sells tobacco versus going to, say, uh, CVS, which doesn't sell tobacco, to getting your prescription filled. And if that plays out and people do indeed embrace that, you could actually see, like you said, a retail market share win over time. It won't happen tomorrow. But you could see a win over time where market share actually is forced by the PBMs or by the insurer, insurance companies and the, and the employers. These patients are, are forced to switch, if you will, to CVS. Yeah, uh, and, and so uh, I think the way they've been putting it is it's like, well, you get a, you get a, uh, a rebate if you is shop at a smoke-free pharmacy, whatever that may be. Of course, the vast majority of those are going to be CVS pharmacies. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting market share play. Um, 
I, it has the potential to build a moat in what has historically been a pretty moatless business. I mean, usually if there's a CVS, there's a Walgreens and a Rite Aid, you know, all across the street from each other. Now suddenly there's maybe this potential to actually build a moat so that people are financially incentivized to go to the CVS. And that's a win, of course, for CVS. And potentially it's a win for employers because if, you know, if, if, if that has an effect by reducing smoking and increasing smoking cessation, then that's going to save them a lot of money at the back end. And that's sort of the, the, the carrot for them to uh, try and buy into um, this, other, this other plan. And, and I think this highlights something that's really important about CVS, that you've got this sort of virtuous cycle. You've got the, the retail side and you've got the PBM side. The retail side is cyclical, of course, like the economy. You've got this PBM side that um, you know, can really kind of help bolster it when things aren't going so well. What do you think of the company on the whole? Well, you know, it's interesting, Michael, if imitation is the greatest form of flattery, then this is this idea of uh, uh, creating tobacco-free pharmacy networks is a good one because Express Script came out afterwards and said, hey, well, we're going to do that too. So um, I think that they're definitely on the right track there. Right. Um, overall, CVS is a, it, it's a very strong company. I mean, it's got a fantastic brand recognition. Um, and they're doing a lot more now. I mean, they changed the name of the company to CVS Health for a reason. You know, they're expanding now into becoming your neighborhood healthcare provider by offering minute clinics in, well, they're playing 1,600 stores will have minute clinics by 2017. Um, they're creating chronic care um, programs that people can participate in. Um, they're spinning the anti-tobacco the anti very well by you know, putting tobacco cessation programs into place. Um, this could also be a good move for, for margins on the front end because you know while sales are likely to drop on the front end for the next year until the comparisons get easy again, um, they're taking that shelf space and they're putting high margin health and beauty aids there instead of tobacco products. There's a lot to like about this company. Um, it's a little richly valued perhaps at this point. Um, so you know you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. But, you know, if shares were to pull back, it would be very intriguing. Yeah, no, I, I, CVS is, is kind of one of those very he attractive health companies that I have very much on my watch list. Um, and, and I would encourage folks listening, watching, to also maybe consider it for your watch list. Uh, keep an eye on it, take a look, you know, sort of consider the thesis that we've laid out here and, and really take a look at it and as a competition and see if you think that there's some value there. Because I think it's a, it's a company investors can be excited about because it's, it's sort of this combination of doing good and doing well. Um, that is, uh, to my mind, a very attractive uh, combination of the company. Yeah, I agree. And I would just add to that, if you do see the market react to the fourth quarter numbers negatively um, because of the tobacco headwind, that could offer a really good opportunity to you know, start thinking about adding some of this to portfolios. For sure. All right. Well, Todd, good to hear. Uh, you know, nice to see uh, a healthcare company on the nice list this year uh, from Consumer Reports. Um, Todd, thanks for your help today. Uh, for The Motley Fool, uh, I'm Michael Douglas. Uh, check back to fool.com and, of course, the Where the Money is podcast for all of your healthcare and other investing needs. And Fool on.